Hello, hi, I'm Zanzi and welcome back to the Health Boom Zanzi podcast, episode 110, proudly brought to you by Health Boom Zanzi. I'm your host, Joe, and I'm so excited to walk this health and wellness journey with you. Remember, nothing is off limits. World Alzheimer's Day, which takes place every September the 21st, is a global effort to raise awareness and challenge the stigma around Alzheimer's disease and other dementia. In this week's episode, we chat to Tersha Yenika, a 70-year-old retired nurse who was also the carer for our aunt who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Sister Yenika, how are you doing? Joanne, very well. Thank you. Weather is cold, but otherwise it's good. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining with this very important discussion. And the reason why we're doing this discussion is because on Thursday, the 21st of September, we're going to be raising awareness on a very important condition that is sometimes forgotten, and that is National Alzheimer's Day. Sister Yenika, if you could just give me a brief introduction of yourself and just tell us how long you cared for someone with this condition. I'm a 70-year-old retired nurse. The person that we sort of cared for was my mom's sister. So in the household, we were sort of like my mom, my dad. Myself, I had a daughter, which was about 14, around about there. And my brother was about 18, 20. Was that a bit difficult for you at times? Because it's a patient, but it's also someone that's close to you. It's also family. Yeah, it was difficult in the beginning, not so much. Because we were now quite a lot of people in the house. We started by seeing that, oh, she forgets eating habits. Started over the coffee. And then by the fifth cup, we would say, now, isn't that your fifth cup for the morning? No, no, it's my first cup. That's how it started. I never had anything to eat today and then she had already her breakfast. So you can't argue with that because we thought, now, okay, just let it go on. The other thing that we notice is that because she doesn't know where she put the money or whatever she needed, whether it's a perfume or lipstick or whatever, if she can't find it, then she makes accusations that we are stealing the stuff. But it was easy for us because when I feel now I'm getting fed up, then my mom will say, no, go out somewhere. Go to the shop or take a walk or she will take you. You sort of had a nice relief method. When I see her, my mother's getting fed up, okay, then I'll intervene, something like that. That's something that I actually wanted to ask you about. Before we get there, your auntie stayed with you. You mentioned a few points on it, but how did it impact the family life? Was it in terms of, does someone always have to be at home? So how did that just impact how things were done at home? In the beginning, it's not so bad the beginning stage where you now find out, oh, this one, no, she's forgetting stuff. And even when we have visitors, friends over, and then she will sort of, nobody comes to the kitchen. If they add coffee or tea or whatever, and they want to put it on the sink and maybe just rinse no, no, then she will, no, leave it, because then the others will love and they'll come back and tell us, say, oh, when I come my daughter was here, and my brother was about 18, 20. So it's important that you tell them the children in the family must also know what's happening now. 
is it that they can support and help or is it that they can also yeah. understand if the aunt is accusing them now of something that they didn't do? Not the support so much. Okay. But sometimes she's doing stuff and I will laugh at it and then my brother sort of will get cross because now why are you laughing? It was just my method also to get over things. And if I can ask this to Enika, how long did she have this condition? Ten years in the beginning, it wasn't that bad, as I say, but it deteriorated over time. Like I say, she was a very proper lady. She used to take us and she used to shop at Stutterfords, and then we couldn't understand that she was accusing us of stealing the stuff. In the wardrobe, then you will see that there's nothing on the homeless. Everything is in plastic bags and it's just packed up there. And even the cleanliness, where she used to bath every night, she didn't want to do that. We had uh, struggles with taking her in the bathroom and to get her to bath. And we decided, yes, now we must eat young. She had became a little bit aggressive, not much, but she will grab you by the arm and scratch you. So we thought, well, we'll take her to the doctor. And then it was now psychiatry doctor where they made the diagnosis of Alzheimer's. Okay. And then they could tell some tablet just to sort of keep her calm. Okay. Uh, otherwise, be very careful. Don't use new appliances in the kitchen. It's not that we could, in the beginning, we sort of left her, or she likes to make her own food, at, but with the new appliances, because we were used to, in our days, the kettle, you must switch it off. Nowadays, once you get the kettle, that switch off itself, and they don't know what to do. Because I can imagine that she might feel a bit frustrated or angry yeah. if she doesn't know how to yeah. do something or confused. Sister Inika, you mentioned something that I really want to touch on. You said that your auntie used to be a very stylish woman. She used to be very prim and proper. With this diagnosis or condition, the person is still physically here. Like the person hasn't passed on, but you see bits and pieces change or that person isn't the same anymore. So maybe like on an emotional level, the person has passed away. So how did you deal with losing the person while they're still there physically? No, I could see from my mother's point of view, she got very upset. And even when the sisters come here, they will sit in. I could see in their eyes, wow, what's happening here? And you know what happened also was talking about past on, her younger sister passed on, and when we took her to the funeral, she was now looking in the coffin. And I think we tell her, now your sister Philida has passed on, and we're going to bury her and all that. Okay, and then she will sit now somewhere, and then she will ask, why is there so many people around? And then we'll say, oh, we're for the funeral. And then we'll take that into the coffin. But one of that actually very sad was, it doesn't make sense to them. They don't understand anything. They can't tell them stuff over and over again. So maybe it's like, you know, you're just dealing with a bit of sadness because that person that you know isn't here anymore. Oh, yeah. Did she stay with you before she was diagnosed as well? Or was it when she... Yeah, yeah. Oh, my mother's unmarried sister. sister. Ten years with a condition. You also said, you know, sometimes when you're just a bit tired or want to get some support, you will just go to town. Is there any sort of other 
things that you would do to just get some strength again? What I will advise is, as I said, other sisters and other relatives that come to visit. Visitors, especially the close family members, will sort of relieve the clearness. Like visitors and you must now make tea and coffee and yeah. serve them. They must sort of come and do that themselves and sort of treat you, give your treat, yes. send you out. Have some uh, pamper sessions where somebody can wash up, you don't do her nails, and also your and the family, the carers. That is one thing that uh, really that we need to tell the other family members. Okay. Don't come and sit and sit there and don't add more pressure. If you run some errands, they must come sit with her at your place. Don't take her out to your place because then it's a different environment and then she gets more confused. The other thing also is that I said with the appliances in the house, in her room, if she is used to curtains, don't come with lines and stuff. Leave it rather new curtains and so on because she knows how to open curtains and things like that. They then stay with the things that they know. And the other thing that also was quite helpful when the sisters comes here, we put on some music for them and then they will sort of have a dance. So it was also for that you'll remember and they will have a nice time. That was quite fun. And even the photo albums of those years, then she will recognize. But as the stages go on, uh, they won't even recognize the people sisters, people that they stay with. Sister Yenika, you have first-hand experience with this, being in the medical field as well, but also, like you said, caring for your auntie. If there's any other family member out there that's going through the same thing, what will you encourage them with? They are looking after their family member that has been diagnosed with this condition. Is there any piece of advice? I think you've given a lot throughout our discussion. But if there's a lesson that you have learned throughout this that you would like to share with someone else that is going through the same thing, what would that be? The family support, everybody in the family must know what's happening to the patient and you must be relieved the carers. Playing music that they know, it will calm them or storytelling, as I said, the photo album. Yeah, and I think also what I'm hearing is you're saying that try and keep things exactly how they remembered it to make it comfortable for them. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the Health for Mzansi podcast. For more on our awareness about Alzheimer's chat, check out healthformzanzi.co.za. Now remember, if you are in a medical jam or just curious about some health and wellness trends, you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za or send a message to 076-132-0454. Yeah, we're on Blue Tech. So there you have it, gals and guys. Awareness regarding this disease is important. It is heartbreaking to witness the loss of a life once lived while the person is still physically present. Let us practice compassion and extend our support where needed. Till next time, keep well, stay healthy. Signing out, your girl Joe.